Welcome to the Select Star Podcast, your resource for innovative technology, developer topics, and more. Here's your host, Margo McCabe from the HarperDB team. All right, well, welcome everyone to the Select Star Podcast. I am really excited to be kicking off season two. Um, we have a really interesting guest and lots of other awesome people lined up already for this season. So, Thanks for tuning in. Um, Today we have Becca who is joining us from Ohio and I'm really excited. I've connected with Becca on Twitter. Um, We had some back and forth a little bit and we were able to snag some of her time um, to learn a little bit about kind of her coding journey and and what she does now and uh, maybe dive into a couple of specific technologies. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. And um, how are how's your year kicking off? Did you have a fun holiday season? Do anything fun, or just kind of stay home with the kids? <laughs> well, I feel like it's been pretty typical for twenty twenty two. We so I have four kids, and they had we were exposed to COVID at Thanksgiving, so we had to quarantine right before they were supposed to go back to school. They tested positive for COVID, oh, so no. then. Uh, I feel like um, they haven't been at school in a really long time. So it was very low key, you know, hanging out at our house with our family and stuff. But this past weekend, I got to speak at the CodeMash conference at Kalahari in Sandusky, Ohio. And we took the kids up there uh, and did water park stuff, arcade stuff, and tried to mix in some conference stuff. So it was a pretty good time. I feel like I, I hope that I can ride that wave of excitement a little bit further into 2022. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer to hear that they got, I mean, hopefully they weren't too sick. It seems like most people at this point have gotten sick at some point. And a lot of people um, I know that have kids in daycare or school are saying it's, you know, it's just constantly closing like every other day. And so it's almost like, do I work on homeschooling or what should I do in the meantime? <laughs> so right. that's gotta be hard. <laughs> it, it is. I emailed my my second graders teacher at one point and I said, we have done nine days of this and I cannot do one more day. So yeah. <laughs> we did our best and she was super understanding, but it just does, you know, you're trying to balance all of the things and, and keep up, but uh, yeah. they're all, they're all in school today. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. Fingers crossed. I'm actually just getting back from maternity leave. I have a three month old. And so we have a nanny that just started coming over and she brings her baby. And so I feel really fortunate because my other friends in the same position are doing the daycare and then um, you don't always have that guarantee. So right, yeah. <laughs> it's working out so far, but That's great. Um, awesome. Well, yeah, I'd love to hear a little bit about just your background, who you are, you know, how you got into tech, what you're working on now, um, anything along those lines. Sure. So I come from a non-traditional background. I spent 10 years teaching college English before moving over to tech. And um, it, I kind of had a really jarring uh, experience when I gave birth to my last child. I um, A couple of my organs ruptured. And so it was this very long journey through um, physical and emotional trauma. And my husband was a developer and he kept okay. saying, why don't you learn how to code? I'm like, I, I can't even think straight. Yeah. And you want me to learn how to code. And so I finally said, like, okay, if you, if you shut up, I will try a free code camp. And so <laughs> I tried free code camp. And the amazing thing that happened was all of the trauma that was cycling in my head, the memories over and over, it stopped when I was learning how to code. Wow. And so I think I was actually listening to a book this morning that kind of explained it. Um, 
but I, I'm not going to do it, do it justice. But the idea is that my, my brain was totally focused on learning this new school, this new skill that was coding that it, it would push, you know, the memories away or, or, um, I wouldn't be seeing them in my head over and over all day, every day. So for me, it became really therapeutic and I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going with this because this is the best thing that's happened to me since, uh, all of this happened. And then I went through a free code camp for a while. And then I kind of hit a brick wall and I wasn't sure. And then I found, uh, the community, um, it was a mom's who were learning how to code community and they they don't exist anymore, but it was really great for me. And one of my biggest tips to people who are on the learning journey, um, especially if you're self-taught or even if you're in a boot camp, find community because that is one of the greatest ways I think to ensure your success because you have support of other people, you have understanding. And that's what I found there with all these moms. And we were able to share a lot of things. Um, oh, that's incredible. Yeah. And then I, I went to boot camp after that. I found Flatiron School, which was incredibly supportive of my journey as well. And then started working as a contractor. Um, then the pandemic hit. And then I started a developer group called Virtual Coffee. So you can find out more about us, virtualcoffee.io. Um, but we started meeting up every uh, Tuesday and Thursday now pretty quickly because I didn't mean to start a developer community. I just needed support <laughs> and I knew other people did during that time. Um, and so we're still going almost two years later. And starting Monday, I'm going to have a new role at a new company. It's called Deepgram. And I'm going to be their technical community builder. So I feel like the last two years have simultaneously felt very slow and very quick because it's been almost the entire entirety of my developer career um, moving in down this path. But um, I'm really excited and, and happy where I am right now. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's it's cool to hear that, you know, as you said, coding being therapeutic for you and, and helping, um, it seems like it helps it helped you really find your passion as you said focusing and learning on something and kind of like moving where your headspace is at being so therapeutic and now that you're helping to spread that and probably helping other people find that by having this group um the, the virtual community that you created that's really awesome because as you said no matter what line of of work you're in and no matter what you're doing when you're learning something like coding where it's so much information being thrown at you all the time I think it's really important to have people you can chat with and complain to and give tips to. And so, um, as you said, there's so many great communities and um, meetups and just like online forums and having that support is so important. So that's really cool that you built that. Is that, does virtual coffee have, are there people joining from all over? Is it like you just tune in for the live stream and you can participate if you want or how does it work? So we're an international group. We are uh -huh. in... I don't know how many over nine time zones, 13 time zones. I don't know. But we meet every Tuesday and Thursday. So Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern, Thursday at noon Eastern. Okay. And we it's it's a Zoom session. So anybody who wants to join can join those Zoom sessions. And then we go into breakout rooms. We like to keep it pretty intimate between eight to 10 people just to, you know, um, allow for openness and participation. Mm -hmm. But we do have room leaders in there who 
kind of give you the, um, the directions. Like, this is how we're going to communicate with each other. This is what things are going to look like. Uh, and, and like, please be comfortable doing everything. So, you know, yeah. if cameras are off. That's fine. Yeah. If you're muted. Um, so, so yeah, anybody can do that. And once people attend virtual coffee, then you have access to our members only Slack and our members only events. We have lunch and learns almost every Friday. I think last year we just went through a streak where it was months every Friday and sometimes twice a week, we would have lunch and learns where our members would teach us about something that, that would, you know, the community was interested in learning about. That's really cool. I love that. That's well, congrats for starting something like that. As you said, you didn't expect it to get as big no. as it did. And that's really cool. It just shows you that there's a need for that. And um, that, in, you know, just being inclusive and allowing anyone to participate however they like is, I think, super important and, um, you know, cool that people have the opportunity to break out into rooms if they want to chat. I know some people prefer to be like on the sidelines, just watching the conversations. And so that's, um, that's really awesome. So that's quite a quite an accomplishment there. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> We've got a lot of great support. Our members are really, really awesome and supporting each other and learning from each other. And so, it, you know, I never would have imagined that I would be part of such a great group of people. Yeah, that's really cool. And and um, congrats on the new role that you're starting as well. So what does the, the company that you're joining, what, what are they doing or, or building at the moment? They are in the speech to text space. Okay. And cool. they're doing a lot of really cool stuff. They're DevRel. This will be my first DevRel team too uh, that I'll be on. And nice. they they have some really cool examples out there um, using it and in providing accessibility for other people using the technology. So I am very, very excited to get started. Awesome. Well, congrats. Yeah. I um you know, I'm on a, a sort of smaller team myself at HarperDB and I've kind of transitioned just organically into more DevRel over the last year or so. And um, it's, you know, there's, I'm sure you've seen, there's such a huge community for it online and on social media and blogging and so many resources. And it's kind of like, there's no Bible or no right or wrong way to do it. And that's one really great thing that I love about it. Cause you have a lot of freedom of like, am I gonna host an event this month or what blogs will I write? Um, you know, what material does the audience need from me to help learn about the product right now and who should I connect with? And so it's, um, it's fun because it's a lot of like networking and connecting with other awesome, smart people in the community, um, while also like providing educational, you know, material that's important. And so, yeah, I've kind of like organically shifted over to it. And I realized one day, I think I'm in DevRel now, but <laughs> I didn't even realize it. It just, there was a need for it. And so it's, it's a fun space and it's, um, everyone is so helpful that I connect with, which is like one of my favorite parts about it. So. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I feel like I pushed it off for a long time. People kept telling me to apply for DevRel jobs and no, I'm fine. I like coding and, um, <laughs> you know, I, my, code. <laughs> right. And exactly. And that's why I keep telling people, I was telling someone, um, recently that I was going to be taking this job as technical community builder. And then they were like, oh yeah, cause you're a community manager. I'm like, no, no community manager is, is not the same thing, but I, I think that, you know, it's kind of a, a new term that we're using here. Sean Wang wrote a blog post and, um, about technical community building. And that's kind of where I was like, okay, this makes sense. You know, I know how to code. I can learn these things, but mm -hmm. you know, my background is in education and <laughs> I have a couple of years experience with community now. So it really is a very natural path, I think for me to go. Yeah. Down. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, especially with the education background, because you already have those skills and building blocks needed to be able to present and create material that's helpful um, and structure it in a way where people can actually learn from it and follow along. I think that's definitely a skill that some people have to learn. Like anyone can blog, of course, but writing an actual like helpful tutorial <laughs> that fills a need and that people can follow along with is, um, I think is, is more complicated. So you'll already be ahead of the game in that regard. <laughs> Very cool. Well, awesome. Um, I'll, also, I was going to switch over. So I know one of the reasons I had originally reached out to you is because I think I saw that you had posted um, doing some sort of talk or something focused on TensorFlow. And you mentioned you're learning, you're learning that and kind of documenting your journey as you go. And um, I thought it would be really interesting for our listeners, because we haven't really focused on it quite yet of just, you know, what is TensorFlow? Why are folks using it? What are people excited about? Um, I think it's awesome that you're as you learning as you're documenting as you go. That's kind of the best way to do it because you can look back and learn from it again too. <laughs> yeah. So for me, this has been. Um, I'm going to back up a little bit so yeah. and talk about why I got interested in it. So TensorFlow, I've been working with TensorFlow.js and it's um, machine learning framework. And so um, my first experience with it, I was learning how to code and I went to Revolution Conf in Virginia Beach. And I, the, I didn't really have any talks that I wanted to go to. So there was this one called Machine Learning in Dungeons and Dragons. I'm like, well, I don't know anything about either of those. <laughs> going to take a chance. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, uh, Guy Royce, by the way, gave that talk. I went and my mind was just blown. I learned so much. He made it so accessible and inspirational. But what, what popped into my mind as I was listening to this talk was I bet if we could use machine learning um, for the trauma that I went through, uh, the birth trauma, I it could have been prevented. Like this could have been predicted and there could have been measures taken to prevent this from happening to me. And um, so it became this thing that has always been in the back of my head. You know, I, I wanna learn more about this because I'm interested in, finding ways to solve problems for people. And right. so I, I'm definitely not to the point where I can build a data set, but um, there are obstetrics data sets out there that I, I kind of nerd over on weekends mm -hmm. um, to look through and see how they're talking about it. But uh, I never really had the opportunity to work with it. TensorFlow JS is so most machine learning is written in Python or mm -hmm. TensorFlow is a Python based um, framework, but TensorFlow.js is taking what happens and what they're doing with TensorFlow, but it's giving um, front end developers the opportunity to, to use it because now we're doing it with JavaScript. So we can look at models that are created. And so what are the models? Well, the models are the algorithms that we create mm -hmm. that help us to identify or answer a question or solve a problem. So like in my case, I think that, you know, if there was a data set with different pictures of my organs that ruptured, if we had data sets of what that looks like in healthy pregnant women versus what mine look like, I, I right. think, and again, I'm not an expert, but I think that, you know, there would have been some red flags 
weighed there. And they, and they are using machine learning to um, diagnose or to predict uh, what's going on with people. Um, there's even a, oh, I think, I can't remember her name, a doctor who is working on early detecting postpartum depression in, in women by looking at their tweets and their Facebook posts. Wow. And I think the sample size was pretty small, but yeah. it was pretty accurate. So these That's are the things really that- interesting. That's really right. cool. When it's, it's so, um, you know, to, obviously this is something that you're passionate about and to, for something that was so impactful that happened to you, um, to be able to try to take that and, and turn it and say, well, how can I help other people in the same position? Or how can we help to reduce the amount of times this is happening? And that you're, you, the way that your brain is working is just so cool that you're like, how can I learn something and be able to apply that to my situation and my experience? Because obviously you're personally invested, but there's also this bigger arching picture of like, you're also learning machine learning, you're learning TensorFlow.js. And, and the whole thing is just really cool because it's not just like, um, you know, you're not just going through the motions. It's like, you really care about this and you want to figure it out. And that's, that's really cool. And if it sounds like, as you said, there might be some solutions out there or people working on it, but there, there needs to be more. And there, there's definitely a space there where there could be a solution here. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of people in your position that are thinking the same thing. Right. And that's one of the reasons why TensorFlow.js was so appealing to me. Um, right. A friend of mine, Gant Laborde, wrote uh, the O'Reilly book, Learning TensorFlow.js. So that's what I've been using. Does a good job of establishing a base knowledge, of breaking down concepts. And, you know, since it's pretty new within uh, the JavaScript world, in the front end world, to be able to utilize machine learning to do things, I think there's also that, that great opportunity for impact and having a voice in what's happening. And so for me, I, I'm probably never going to create a model that's going to help solve the problems of women and moms like I want to, but I'm going to know enough that I can talk about it and that I can right. talk to the people who are able to do it. And so right. I think, you know, you don't have to be set out to be an expert in learning something new, but being able to talk about it is going to open up conversations and doors. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to look at it. Um, even if it's not you, which it could be, but even if it's not you, as you said, that creates that solution, I think being able to spark that interest in people um, and giving them the tools they need when I'm sure they already have, you know, lots of tools in their back pocket and combining that knowledge with just learning something new that, you know, maybe they don't know this exists or that it's going to make their life way easier than they thought. Then that hopefully will open a lot of doors. And as you said, help accelerate and just also bring people together for collaboration. Um, cause I think it's really cool when you do talks and, and blogs and things like that, it creates this community for other people that are interested to connect. Um, like that conference you went to, I'm sure, there's a lot of networking happening and people <laughs> bonding over that. So that's, um, that's really cool. And I, I love the way you're looking at that. If you don't have to be the expert to teach it. Um, if people are asking you questions and I see it all the time on tutorials, if people are asking questions and you don't know, you can like bounce the question to someone else and right. make it an open forum. It's not like one person has to be the, the one that knows everything about all of it. So I love that. That's a really inspiring, um, cool way to look at it. Thanks. I think, you know, bouncing those questions to somebody else too, that's good practice as a developer. Yeah. And I think, you know, 
going to boot camp or being around a lot of self-taught people, it can sometimes be hard to ask those questions because mm-hmm. you're not used to it. You don't know, well, like, am I going to sound silly or am I going to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about? But, you know, the fact is we're all looking up stuff all of the time. And what you're doing is just building processes of looking at code or, you know, how can I solve this problem? Uh, It's not going to look the same all the time. Tech changes too quickly. So ask those questions because you're, you, you will learn much more and much more quickly if you are willing to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, I was just going to, that was kind of segueing to what I was just going to ask is if people listening are wanting to get started with with TensorFlow or TensorFlow.js or any type of machine learning, like if you have any tips, and I think, as you said, asking questions and joining a community is a great place to start, but just from your experience, um, like what's been most helpful for you for, for learning it? I know you said it's kind of like been a side project you're working on on the weekends and things, um, which is cool because as I that means you're really passionate, but yeah, any tips there that, that you've noticed so far? And for sure, talking to other people that know what they're talking about. Yeah. I, I think, so when I started Gantt's book, I could not get TensorFlow to run on my computer at all. Um, And I was so frustrated. (laughs) And had I not already said, I'm going to live stream this whole process, I might've quit. Um, But there've been a number of times where I've gone to run a project and it doesn't work. And so having someone that you can ask those questions to or navigate Mm -hmm. that with you makes it easy. And easier, I should say. I never want to say anything's easy because there's always a way to make it difficult if you want to, you know? Um, But like having the book, being able to talk to other people and then, uh, you know, I joined the TensorFlow.js Discord pretty early on. I think Gantt um, asked me to. And the purpose of that Discord isn't to answer a bunch of questions, but it's to, it showcases people's projects, talks about what they're doing. So it's more focused on, you know, what's going on in the community. But I met up with some people there and I said, Hey, I'd like to do a study group. Is anybody interested? And so a couple of people were, and we were meeting before the holidays consistently every Friday. And both of the people that were coming knew way more than I did about TensorFlow.js. (laughs) So it was a great learning experience for me because I can ask questions or hear them talk about it or, you know, figure out like where, where are their pain points? And I, and I could see their pain points. A lot of them were the same pain points that I had. And then I, I didn't feel so bad. Like, why am I not getting this? Okay. Well, other people who've been doing this for a while aren't getting this either. Um, so, so I think, you know, it's, since TensorFlow.js is pretty new, there's not a ton of stuff out there. Actually, like Googled an answer for something and one of my blog posts came up and I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> it's good and bad, I guess. <laughs> right. Uh, so so I would say stick with it. If you're yeah. interested in TensorFlow.js, come to one of my live streams or you can watch, I have them on my YouTube channel once they're done. But okay. Um, and, and then just reach out to me. And if you can't come to a study group or something, uh, I'll try and find a way to connect you because I think, you know, this is a really great time to get involved in something that's really new out there and to help define what the tech industry looks like for TensorFlow.js. So the more diverse voices in there, the better. Right. Yeah. And it, um, that's exactly what I was just going to say. One thing that's so great about the developer community is I think you can find a Discord or a Slack for 
every single topic, you know, from really, you know, overarching like JavaScript or something all the way down to really specific technologies and things. And so um, Googling, I think is a great place to start. I've done that before when I'm looking for specific communities, I just say like, is there a Slack group for X? And um, a lot of times there are, sometimes they're tiny and there's like 200 people in it. And that's awesome. Cause that still means there's quality conversation happening. Um, and so that's a, that's a really great point is just look for the community, look for where you can ask questions. And I think something I've seen and learned is if people don't know the answer to your question, they're at least willing to point you in, in the right direction to people who will. So I think that's been a common theme with lots of people I talk to like you and the community is just don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to get out there. You don't have to be on social media. You don't have to like have a public presence, but um, at least find somewhere where you can ask your questions and then you can help other people too. And um, that's, that's awesome. It's, it's cool to see. I, I just love hearing like how you're doing this as a side project and on your own time, just cause you're actually interested in it and not cause anyone's making you or cause it's going to progress anything at the moment. And who knows, maybe you'll use it in your career at some point too, you know, building those skills, you're never going to regret. So <laughs> Might right, as well. absolutely. yeah. Awesome. Well, is there, um, you know, in addition to TensorFlow.js, are there any other technologies or tools or frameworks or anything that you're like excited about right now or learning or even have on your roadmap for some time in 2022? I keep having to look up at my, the corner of my computer. It's 2022, right? I'm saying yeah. It right. <laughs> but yeah, anything else you're excited about? Well, you know, I think I'm excited to start this new job and just kind of see, you know, what, how things are going to work and mm -hmm. where things are going to go. But um, for me, you know, we're, we're always, there's always something new to learn out yeah. there. And when I was at the conference, I bought four new domains. So I, oh, cool. I think that, uh, you know, one of those is probably going to be my third blog. I'm now collecting blogs, um, <laughs> but maybe is more focused on community building. And so I think part of that, part of what would be fun with that is you know, building the site. And so um, the last site I was working on, I was using Next.js. And I think I like to dive a little bit deeper into using that. Um, I, and, but I mean, I don't know, there's so many cool things out there. There's a Jamstack conference online next week. And so I'm going to go there and keep an open mind and see what makes sense for mm -hmm. me. It doesn't need to be anything big or huge, but think would be fun to kind of document um, some of the resources and the tools and the ideas I have around community building because I've been doing it for a while. But um, I also want to get back into, I have this React Native app that I very rarely work on, but it's a <laughs> um, postpartum wellness app. And so oh. a couple of years ago, I looked in the app store for postpartum wellness apps and almost everything that came up was weight loss. And I'm like, you've got oh. to be kidding me. It's not right. <laughs> there, Something's there not connecting things. there. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't know React Native. I knew React. I was like, well, I know React. I can maybe figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> so I started as an open source project. And cool. I, I've learned a lot since then. And I have a different take on maybe what features should look like. Mm -hmm. um, just based on all of the things that I've learned, like both about postpartum health, technology, um, and you know, I, I'm a mom, I know how hard it is sometimes to be consistent with these things, but yeah. 
Um, I'm hoping to jump back into that, uh, get some issues out there, like maybe become more active as an open source maintainer with that repository. And, mm-hmm. and it would be amazing if I could get that in the app store by the end of 2022. But so I, I guess I feel like I'm all over the place. I just said 10 <laughs> different things that I want to do this year. <laughs> well, Hey, you've got, you know, your hands full, you've got a lot to focus on, but that's kind of fun that you can work on whatever side project is kind of suiting you for that day or week. And it's not like it's going anywhere. So, um, you can, you can work on it in your own time. And that's, you know, what's so fun about open source. Um, that's a really, really great idea for the postpartum depression app. Cause I went to, you know, I've been going to some mom groups and things since, since having my baby back in October and learning a lot about how, especially with postpartum depression, people are kind of like afraid to say the word, or it's been so same with any type of mental health. It's been so not talked about for so long. And now people are realizing it's so much more common than they realized and just being able to talk about it. And even when we had a room of like 20 moms, seeing how many people raise their hand that they're dealing with some sort of baby blues or something, um, is so helpful again, to have that like community and realize you're not alone. And that'd be really cool to have an app with real resources, not focusing on things that aren't important, but with real resources, I think that's a really great idea. So, um, you know, again, I love that you have these like passion projects that are actually going to help people. So I'm excited to follow along with you and and see what you do and um, keep up with kind of your blogging and and social posts and things like that. Um, It's, I I spoke with someone on, on the podcast last season, just about like using technology and social media for good for the, you know, betterment of humanity, which obviously is like such a sweeping statement, but there are so many people doing that every day in really small ways and in really big ways. And it's, it's just, um, that's one of my favorite parts about what I do with chatting with different people. It's like inspiring. And I'm sure people listening are like, well, I'm going to go pick up my passion project that I left sitting there for several months or years. So thanks for sharing. I think that's a really cool idea. Thanks so much. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Again, congrats on everything you have going on and and the role you're transitioning into. Um, I think that you've shared some really great tips. And as you said, that you could be a great resource for people listening. So I'll be sure in our show notes to put links to your virtual coffee group, to your blogs, and just to be able to kind of contact you um, if needed with questions. Is there, um, you know, anything else you'd like to leave with? anything you'd like, like a place you'd like to point people to, that's the best spot to get info or keep up with you. I'm guessing just Twitter and social media is probably the best at the moment um, to continue to build community. (laughs) I spend a lot of time on Twitter. So like, if you follow me on Twitter, then a lot of stuff's there, but you know, if you're looking for a positive community of people, um, virtual coffee is awesome, but I know a bunch of other awesome communities. So if, if we're not the right fit for you, um, and you're looking for a community to join, let me know. And I can point you to some other good ones too. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you. It's been so great to chat with you and, and great to meet you and looking forward to seeing what happens and following along this year. Um, really appreciate you taking the time and, um, I hope everyone that's listening has a great rest of your day and thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to Select Star your resource for innovative technology and developer topics. You can find our episodes in all the usual places. Spotify, Apple, Google, RSS, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, comment, subscribe, and share. You can learn more about HarperDB at harperdb.io.